Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Adam Sass, and we are joined today by the co-hosts of another Buffy podcast called Another Buffy Podcast. (laughs) I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we are going to geek out about Buffy. Today's episode is season three, episode four, something. Beauty and, the, Beauty and the Beast, right? Beauty and the Beast. And the there beast. it is. My beast. brain completely yes. left. Beast. Yeah. <laughs> but Adam, I want to start with you because I yes. emailed all our co-hosts when I was like, I've decided to re- revisit every season three episode. And I emailed everyone to be like, right. what episodes would you like to be on? Almost everyone picked like the four same episodes, but you, you picked this episode and uh-huh. I'd like you to plead your case. Why? Well, first of all, I knew that um, I was coming off of a book tour and I did not have the um, the nerve to fight it out for the big ones. I was just like, I, I knew it was going to be, I, I knew I didn't have it in me to go seven rounds of an email back and forth. <laughs> like, oh, I have to do whatever. <laughs> you know, I was, I was just like, I'm going to pick some deep cuts. I'm going to pick all deep cuts because the good thing about season three is that they're all bangers. It's Grammatica. Yes. You could just pick any track. It's great. Um, So I was like, great. I'm just going to pick the ones that like, I think are kind of neat. And I like Beauty and the Beasts because uh, it's very season two, early half. Um, Because it's very like, we're going to learn a little lesson. It's a little morality play, like kind of how it is in, in sort of, Season one, first half of season uh, two, mm-hmm. um, a little monster of the week. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I do think that's why I wanted to revisit every season three episode, because I do think it's no skips. Even an episode like this that right. could, could be a throwaway episode, I do think is still like really well done, especially it does the thing that like normally I hate where it's like, here are characters that will die in this episode and you are like, they're part of the plot. But like, it still does it well. Like, I think it still does like the intro well. And like, it knows we don't care as much about them, but it like makes it affect the characters. Right. Right. And that's what I like. Um, But so, uh, Kristen, what did you think revisiting this episode? (laughs) Um, Not the same as (laughs) as Adam. Um, I will say I kind of disagree across the board about season three. And Trevor and I on our show, we had a really hard time like kind of slogging through it for us because it for me there's a lot of skips but i do think that part of it is the stuff some of the stuff you mentioned where it's like there's not enough episodes where faith is just there Mm -hmm. it's like she's running for her life and then she's there you know and then the stuff happens later and then she's gone and like we did find out that it's because eliza dishku was only 17 and she wasn't emancipated so they couldn't get her as much as they wanted which Uh. does which does suck and it's like really annoying and i was gonna say too i do also agree with you that this does feel like a season one early season two episode and i do like that part about it but for me i think when you pull at like one or two threads about this the whole thing falls to absolute pieces (laughs) (laughs) trevor what did you think revisiting this episode (laughs) uh it's actually interesting so what Kristen said we when we went through season three um we because we both like regularly rewatch the show and it's often on in the background and Mm. i have a big nostalgic feeling for seasons one through three in particular i think i've watched i think i've rewatched seasons one through three more than the entire series i've definitely watched the series like dozens of times but one through three specifically just because it has such a nostalgic emotional Mm. tie to like being in high school and watching it live but as we watched it for the purpose of covering it 
we were getting really annoyed with like the lack of connection from everything. So we looked back, we stepped back and we were like, like you guys said, there, there are a ton of bangers. There are so many episodes in this season that are just iconic that everybody remembers, everybody quotes, everybody talks about like helpless faith, yeah, trick, yeah. And hope, all of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there's so many great episodes, but then when we were watching for the narrative that's carried through, especially with how much they dropped faith, because of the behind the scenes stuff, we're like, oh my God, like so much is coming out of nowhere. So especially so much with faith where we're like, I would have loved this story would be so much richer, but you're right. Like outside of that, each episode in and of itself, for the most part, like 90%, at least in my opinion, are just top tier Buffy out absent of like the higher, the higher narrative of the episode. Um, But this episode in particular is one where I, I have, I also have issues with it. Um, with parts of it that are either break the episode itself or are just problematic. But for the most part, it you're right. It does. It reminds me of like season one and two. It's very just like yeah. stands alone on an island. And I don't know. I have I have a love hate relationship with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the episode. We open on. There's a weird narrative shift here where it's Buffy reading Call of the Wild and then it's Willow reading it. I, yeah. I guess that's to like cap the end of the episode when Buffy's yeah. reading it, but like, sure. Um, I do think it's cute and tracks for Willow that she would read a book to like werewolf Oz in his cage. Yeah. Cause she's, yeah. I think season three Willow is like peak Willow for me. Like that's what I think of when I think of her, um, like all anxious, but like still kind of coming into her own, but anxious about it. Right. Anxious about like maybe sometimes having to take charge. Um, yeah. Xander is reporting for Oz duty. Xander is looking very good. It doesn't make me happy, but in season three, I think he yeah. looks very you're, good. He looks very good in this scene in particular. Right? I was like, yes. oh my God, this form-fitting outfit. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. And then, he, but he immediately ruins it. Yeah. Immediately. And then he, okay, I'm sorry. He lies the next morning too, because yeah. he lays down for the express purpose of going to sleep. Like he didn't unreal, even, like, it's accidentally fall asleep. Like he purposely lays on the table to go it's, to sleep, and it's not something that I didn't notice until the last time I watched this episode, where I was like, "What on earth are you thinking?" <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Then we cut to Faith and Buffy. They are on patrol. Faith's asking her about Scott Hope. Um, I so there like there's a couple scenes early on in season three where it's just like them doing this, and I do like that. I wish I yeah. To your yeah. point, Chris, and I do wish we'd gotten more of this because I, I enjoy Faith loves talking about like guys and sex and all that shit with Buffy. And, you know, not not for nothing, but probably a little bit because she had a crush, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But because yeah, I, wh- I, I read it a little bit differently, too, especially now, like in the present day, because I think that she's doing kind of a flea bag thing where she's talking so openly about sex stuff because she knows that it makes Buffy uncomfortable. But if Buffy's uncomfortable talking about that, then she won't dig deeper into faith as a person. Mm, that's like fair. she, she's like waving the hand over here so she can say, don't look at what's happening over Ooh, here. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can see that. Wow. Yes. Um, Buffy says she hoped she wouldn't get that cynical till she was at least 40. Cut to me, cynical at 40. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, that train arrived in the station for us right on time. We're after this episode, like, hey! <laughs> right on schedule. <laughs> um, then we, we, you know, Faith says, all men are beasts, and we have a cut to a 
student being chased by a beast in the woods. We don't see it. Um, and we assume he is dead. And post credits, we see Willow and Buffy are discussing what Faith said. They're with Oz. They run into Pete and Debbie. It's our introduction to Pete and Debbie. Um, Adam, how would, as a YA writer, how would you yeah. like, did you like, what would you do differently with? Do you think the intro should be done differently? Like, how would you introduce these characters if you had to introduce them? I mean, I, again, like, I, I'm, I, I, like, I agree that like the Pete and Debbie stuff is the weakest stuff of this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, in fact, like when I said like, put me on the Be- Beauty and the Beast ones, it's not because I was like the world's biggest <laughs> Pete and Debbie right, right. fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you're the only one making Pete and Debbie fan art on yeah. the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably introduce them with a lot more humor. I probably would have integrated them a little bit earlier in a different episode. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing is like, they are like, they almost are introduced looking very disposable. Um, And my, my most recent book is a, is a, is a slasher. And so there's a lot of like, you have to kind of very carefully set up, um, characters so that you care that they die, but also you have to be very careful that like you are not very much signaling, oh, this person's the, the dead one. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all in general, these these folks can always be introduced with a lot more warmth and humor and like sort of interesting character moments. Yeah. I liked when Giles gets to be with like Xander, Anya, or Cordelia and just be fucking annoyed. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> the woke up line, is that what you're about yes. to talk about? It's so good. It's one He's of my like, favorite. Uh, Yes, he's like when I when I woke up, like yeah. the the tone in his voice is just like he cannot stand Xander, and I am right there with him. I'm like, <laughs> you went to sleep on purpose. Like, yeah. No, and he's he's trying to claim he didn't. Where he's right. like, I just rested my eyes, and I was like, you laid down horizontally <laughs> on the table. And the the only thing I'll say to to Giles is, I'm like, I think he should be like one ounce less angry because then we find out that someone left the window window open <laughs> yeah. I, although with the window left open i have two things one why did they only find like why was that that not the first thing they checked and two right. yeah. the assumption that the werewolf just jumped back into the window like we right. clarified that the werewolf also is not silly. oz with any control like that werewolf would just be out there oz would have woken up naked in the woods like yeah. he right. would not have climbed back through the window to trick everybody that's insane yeah. so yes please more of those scenes of us yeah. waking up naked in the <laughs> yeah. woods what i'm uh, saying is we should have had naked oz criminally <laughs> yes. way too few of those yeah <laughs> um but then buffy goes to see the counselor and i do think he is for his one scene well written like i do oh, yeah. i do oh, yeah. Right? Like, I do think they do a good job of endearing us to this counselor who, like, you know, he smoked cigarettes, so he's cool. Um, Because my first note was, wait, I know I was in school back then, and you were not allowed to smoke. And then he raised air pressure, and I was like, all right, okay. Um, (laughs) But I I do like that he is, like, just this, like, nice counselor who wants to help. And I feel bad for Buffy because this is, like... You know, a pattern. A fourth time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was this is something that Kristen and I talked about a lot, especially in the first three seasons. How it's constantly these figures of authority who believe in Buffy, and they get killed instantly. And it's like this is so traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so then we cut back to the library. Buffy's walking in, and she says, "Do I even want to ask?" Cordelia. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Cordelia says, "What, Trevor?" <laughs> Cordelia says, "Oz ate someone last night." <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so, so good. <laughs> um, 
you know, and it's not like I like am particularly in love with these like pairings, but I do like I like the like Oz and Willow and Cordy and Xander and like everyone's yeah. getting along and there's no no one hates each other. No one has like super big drama. And I kind of like that. Like I like this version of like, we're all chill. We're all cool. Cordy says something ridiculous, but like we're all friends. So it's fine. Oh, my God. You are you are speaking my language i yeah. i wrote it for it, here definitely but i also wrote it at the end of the episode like when they're all walking together yeah and just being the scoobies i was like i fucking love this group and i hate yes. that it's so short-lived because it's such a <laughs> like just the chemistry and the way they bounce off each other is such perfect everything and i want yeah. more of it it's perfect chemistry and they could not have broken it apart fast enough yeah <laughs> <laughs> in the next episode Courtney yeah, like, and get rid of it now. Odd. they're like get everyone leaves everyone the different shows yeah get fired <laughs> leave fired i can fire. <laughs> um and i so i like all of that you know I even like that we get Oz. So Giles mentions that like Faith is going to watch him and he's like, oh, good. A Slayer's watching. Glad we're not, you know, panicking or whatever. (laughs) Overreacting. Yeah. Um, And then on patrol, Buffy runs into a rabid shirtless. Who, Adam? Angel. (laughs) No, it is. It is. It is an amazing. uh, uh, It is an amazing reveal because uh, at the end of the last episode, we saw him kind of warp down uh onto onto the floor yeah and uh yeah it's it's a, it's a wonderful again it's the type of stuff the wb did best in its day yeah she ties him up she wa- or chains him up watches him like growl and then decides to go to the library where she sneaks up on faith which is going to be a motif moving forward of like people in this episode sneaking up on someone and scaring the person yeah. mm, do that yeah. like five more times which is weird anyway so then, so, you know, Buffy takes over watching Oz. Everyone comes in in the morning. And I I like this, like, nice scene between her and Giles mm-hmm. where she's just, like, asking him. She's like, what if I was dreaming about Angel? Like, is there a way he could come back? And Giles does such good, like, tender dad stuff with her, right? And he's just like, well, you know, I dreamed about Jenny a lot after she passed. Um, do you think it could be a prophetic dream? And she's like, no, I don't think so. Well, maybe. And the thing is... The thing that the show always does really well, I think, is that you can see both sides. I understand. I actually, like, I fully understand why they all get mad later. But I also fully understand why she's like, I am not ready to have this discussion with Mm -hmm. any of these people because I know they hate him, understandably so, right? Yes. And because, like, two weeks earlier, they treated her like garbage. Right. Yes. 100%. Thank you, because that is exactly what I was going to say, is I was like, I wouldn't talk to them about this either, since they all proved to be the most horrible friends two (laughs) weeks ago. Yeah. And then we never talked about how they all left me hanging out to dry in front of the entire school inside (laughs) my own home. It was awful. Yeah. Buffy talks to Giles, Willow comes in with the the donuts, and I kept thinking, like, she does mention it, but I'm like, God, isn't Buffy tired? Like, she's been up for 24 hours? Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, and then long, and then she's up till that following night. Um, but she does say, then she, like, meets Pete, Debbie, and Scott in the cafeteria. She does say, like, she's a little out of it today, but I'm like, I don't know, I would just be like, no one fucking look at me, I've yeah. been up so long. 
Yeah, she's doing so <laughs> well for not sleeping. <laughs> yes. she, she's doing so well, and literally the first thing Scott says to her is criticizing her food. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like, actually infuriates me. Yeah, it's like, back off, Scott. I was, like, I'm like, flip the look, table. <laughs> yeah. And, like, obviously, eating Jello for lunch is, like, not a nutritious thing to be doing. But she right. has her reasons, and she's like, my stomach doesn't want real food today. This is, like, really all I can handle yeah. and then she feels the need to have to justify that there's fruit in it and then he piles on again and says those are marshmallows yeah. like dude shut the fuck up yeah, you are Scott. not the long haul guy you don't get to talk about my food i'm sick of you <laughs> so we we cut to pete and debbie making out in the janitor's closet we learn about the green goo right yeah we learn that it's like he's like very upset did someone drink it did you drink it and she's like no of course not so then we learn that Pete is the monster, which like kind of like also gives you the plot, right? That kind of like, there's no questioning, oh, he is doing the murder then, right? You're kind of like, yeah, fucking duh. But then poor Buffy goes to see her counselor because she wants to talk about Angel. And I just like, she's crying, oh. to, like confessing to him about like the guy and like he's the only one she can talk to. And then she notices that he's fucking dead. Like, oh my God. I, I have fuck. so many, I have so many thoughts, Ian. <laughs> Hit me, hit me. Uh, yes, let's, let's, this, let's, let's dissect this. Yes. <laughs> I, this. Yeah. First of all, I want to say I do, framing-wise and blocking-wise, I love that they established the cigarette thing in, a, in the earlier in the earlier part of the episode so that this wasn't, so you weren't just like, why? Because it is such a trope to be like, just don't say anything and let me speak. And you're like, what's the fucking thing that's on the other side of this camera that I'm about to see? But here uh-huh. they established that he didn't, that he did this in the first scene. He just sat there with a cigarette and didn't turn his chair around for a while. And so you're like, oh, this is just his vibe. And then she reveals. So I really like that they didn't, they didn't just do it for this scene. But the thing that kills me is, and this is something Kristen and I talk about a lot, is like Buffy finally opens up and is talking about trauma that she needs to be doing in the show because she goes through so much and i feel like this is the moment when she like finally opens the floodgates and is ready to like deal with everything and then this completely makes her be like nope can't do it anymore i gotta i gotta box it all up and not deal with it and like let's just handle the situation and she never like she should seek a therapist yeah <laughs> after this and she never I does know. and i feel like it's because of how this turns out and it break like it the scene itself breaks my heart like watching her emote like this and then the f- fact knowing that like she's never going to do this again also kills me yes yes like never yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um then what they they just leave and everyone hears the screaming right yeah and then they all just run towards the library yeah. um pete's attacking oz I do love this. I love Buffy getting the tranquilizer gun and yeah, yeah. pushing so her. Funny. And like the Anthony Stewart's head deliver Anthony Stewart head's delivery of oh right, bloody priceless as yeah. he fucking falls over is so good, right? It's Very such good. great physical comedy. It's so good. <laughs> Anthony had like he's in season three, he gets a lot of like physical around. Yeah. Like yeah. I like his um wake up in a coma from like the gingerbread yep. episode yeah. and like um all of the stuff in band candy yeah yeah the band candy stuff um it, uh god what was the you know everything dead man's party like everything like that oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great 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 shit this is a great season for him yeah yeah, it, yeah. that's, that's really accurate shines, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and I love that, like, you know, he would probably be the one that would form the plan better, but now he's out of it, so they just, yeah. 
they split up. And again, like I do like seeing Faith just in the mix, right? I yeah. like yes. that it's like Faith and Willow go get Oz. I will fight Pete. And like Buffy has the help where she can say, Willow, you can go with that person and I know you'll be fine because she is as strong as I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do like Willow and Faith versus Oz. Because yeah. I like that, like the way Willow helps is she pulls his tail. And she's yeah. like, off her. It's so cute. <laughs> she gun. She's like, but I'll pull his tail. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I like that. And then Buffy catches up with Pete and Debbie, sees that Debbie has been killed. Yeah. Um, fights. And it's funny because I remembered this differently. So I was like, this is dumb. She can take Pete, but it's not that she can't take him. It's just that Angel runs in, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I have to mention two things about this scene that I do love. We all know Sam Michelle Gellar is a great actor, but good Lord, her face when Angel oh. like falls at her oh, legs. So yeah. good. Oh, uh, like really good. The, you can tell the exact kind of cry that she is crying, right? Yes. It's like, oh, yeah. She looks up and she's just like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah, and the like, sh- oh, the amount of emotion she pulls off in that look is ugh, incredible. It's just so like I was like watching it and I was like, oh, I'm crying. Oops. Like Oops. I was like, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> like, and she is just so good. Um, mm. And other than that might be controversial. I kind of like that it has a bleaker ending. I like that it's like, they didn't uh-huh. save the person and like that feels like kind of like leaning more into the horror of it because usually it's like you know the, yeah. the person that's in danger does get saved um or they die at the beginning and that's what sets off the episode oh, yeah. sure. but it's not usually the person that needs to be saved also dies yeah um and then you know buffy explains that like what happened and cordelia says great now i'm gonna be stuck with with serious thoughts all day and i just <laughs> that's a good one yeah. such a good i line. love the smile on xander's face too as he follows after her like yes that's my girlfriend like <laughs> <laughs> um and then you know buffy goes to talk to scott hope he says he'll be okay and then she Will goes he though? i know right like we wrap like, that up pretty quickly and it's like yeah. i don't know two of his best friends were murdered and murdered. again he says since before we started school that implies like four or five years old yeah it's like your literal whole life that you've had memories. They were your best friends and they essentially died in what could be passed off as a murder suicide. Right. And you're yeah. just like, cool. I, I was wondering, I'm like, I wonder how Scott, like, what does he think happened? Like, what right. is the version that he was told? Right. Um, Cause I also feel like if I were Buffy, I would feel guilty. Cause it's like, Oh, they were his best friends. Yeah. Like, but also, like, shouldn't this dope know he lives in Sunnydale and there are a bunch of monsters and demons? I don't yeah, know. Right. Anytime someone Especially with know. how this season ends, I'm like, yes, he, he has to know. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's like, circling back to my best friends that were killed at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that a monster? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she, we end on her reading Call of the Wild to Angel in his Crawford mansion laying on the floor. Um <laughs> All right, and now I have a little new thing. This is the first time I'm doing it. Um, I have little episode notes of trivia from the episode. One was, which Trevor already said, the werewolf. They do change it a lot in this episode. They went from, you know, like Party City werewolf in London to just man in furry costume. Sure. Uh, Willow uses a Scooby-Doo lunchbox when they go to investigate the dead body, Mm. which I thought was clever. Mr. Platt is now the second teacher who has tried to help Buffy that dies, the first being Dr. Gregory and Teacher's Pet. Um, And Mr. Platt is played by Phil Lewis, known for his role as Mr. Mosby on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, a show I am too old to have watched, but also as Dennis in Heathers. I don't know which character that is. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Um, Now that we are at the end, uh, favorite outfit, Trevor. I want to say Faith's outfit and before the titles, the like the 
sheer okay. black shirt with the with the camisole underneath or whatever it is. I th- I don't know. Okay. I really dug that outfit. Uh, Kristen, I actually am kind of newly obsessed with Cordelia's kind of sheer blouse with the collar, and a, it's like got flowers embroidered on it at the yeah. end, the very end. It's oh, yeah. cute. It is cute. Yeah, uh, and she also uh, wears a really beautiful red thing earlier in the episode. I but thought you were going to say the red thing because I do. Yeah, really I think like the that. sheer blouse at the end uh, trumps it for me. Okay, fair, Adam. I mean, Angel's, now that we know that it's, it's like his magically appearing, like, like, snarl, his snarl clothing. Yeah, yeah. His, like, you know, it's clothing that could be so easily uh, pulled on. I, I yeah, it's, I mean, it's magic clothes, yeah. Um, I... I I think there are a lot of good episodes, there are a lot of good outfits in this. I, like, season three, four, and five, I think maybe for me, are, like, the best Buffy outfits. Mm-hmm. Um. I just, it's very of the time, but also we've like circled back to like, I feel like teens kind of wear the fashion that they are wearing here. Um, But uh, I have a tie. It's Buffy in her red jacket and black pants and pink top. I think it's very cute. But also I love Faith's outfit. I love all of her outfits in this episode, but particularly the end outfit of the sleeveless black top and the like leopard print pants. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good Better. one too. Yeah. Um, all right, favorite scene, Kristen. Um I actually, despite Scott's uh behavior in it, I really do like the lunchroom scene because okay. I always like the moments when Buffy is able to uh vocalize a feeling that isn't necessarily to do with the main plot where she's okay. just like my stomach hurts i want to eat jello and i just <laughs> kind of wish she'd been like and you can buck off about it <laughs> <laughs> all right i like that uh trevor uh, i want to say uh mr platt's first conversation with buffy is my favorite scene all right adam i think it's got to be the screwball comedy of like the hallway uh yeah. the, end, like, the chase like where it's like <laughs> faith is grabbing the werewolf's tail and like, like um giles is getting like shot by the yes. dart and then like they seamlessly dovetail that into like the abused girl is killed like it's it's a yes. weird blend of tones and i'm like how did you like it's it's a it's an odd whenever you're telling somebody to go watch this show it's <laughs> always like it always seems offensive because you're just like, it's like, it's like, well, we're teaching, you know, about these different things. And then there's also monsters and then there's also, you know, sort of pratfall stuff, but then there's also yeah. this and it, and it does seem to sort of blend together sort of at yes. least better than it should, better than it should. Yes. It shouldn't, it should be more like objectionable, but it, like yes. it does seem to all fit and make sense within this world and as flawed and as like misguided as I think a lot of the choices are, um, particularly with the Debbie stuff in this, um, it is kind of exemplary for how Buffy could handle a really tricky topic and, um, and do it in a, a very, uh, straightforward way. Yeah. Um, in like not a mincing words way. Uh, and, and in a way that's very digestible because it's about monsters and these other sorts of things. Yeah. Cause I, no, and I, I think I, that, I, that, that helps it make, you know, it, the digestibility helps it reach younger viewers. Yes. Who, I agree. Who um, I think I, I actually agree with you, Adam. I, my favorite is like that, like the climax of like Giles getting shot, falling over and like, you know, faith and Willow facing 
Oz and yeah, I like all of that. Um, I guess it's like the climax slash end. I don't know. Um, what do we think Dawn would be doing in this episode? Uh, Adam? Dawn, um, God, this is, see, this is, this is a hard one it because is. she doesn't go home a ton in this. So right. I feel like right now, I feel like Dawn would still be, um, like feeling a certain way about how Dead Man's Party went. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I feel like I feel like Don would still be like, uh, they would still be cleaning up the house after Dead Man's Party. And like, <laughs> she'd be like throwing out pieces of the mask and you know all that sort of stuff. And I think she'd still be like, you know, uh, feeling uh, a little. She'd be a little traumatized. I think she's a little traumatized by by all that. So it was kind of the first time okay. folks kind of came into the house. So I think uh, I think she'd be still rolling with that. Trevor, um, I think. I guess I don't I don't know how to answer that. I guess she'd be in school or sleeping for most of it, but uh I, I, I do agree that uh she would emotionally probably still be hanging on to feelings from Dead Man's Party. And since we didn't get to see what her involvement would have been in that, I would assume she'd be there trying to chime in as well because she also felt slighted that her sister left for three months. And so she right. probably is not letting go of it the way her mom and friends are. Kristen? Uh, well, I first have to completely disagree with Trevor because I think Don would have really enjoyed being the only child <laughs> for three months. Sure. And then my actual thing is, uh, and I think she would have been, I think if anything, because she kind of enjoyed Buffy being gone, I think she would have been angry at the Scoobies also. Um, but what I actually think she would be doing in this, and the only thing that doesn't work about it is the ages. So, like, let's just, for me, assume that she is the age she shows up as, because I want her to be, because of how she reacts to Riley later, how she seems to be a little bit um, knowing beyond her years about Buffy's relationships, uh... I think that she is also in the cafeteria and she's picking marshmallows out of Buffy's uh, jello and flicking them at Scott Hope. <laughs> That's Fair. what I want. That's what I want her to I be doing. <laughs> um, I think Dawn, that we, Buffy eventually had to stop. We would have gotten a scene of, we would have learned Dawn has a crush on Oz because I feel like she would have. I feel like Ooh. Oz and Spike would track as her crushes. Yeah, um, As me having the same taste as Dawn. Um, <laughs> I think Dawn would have told Joyce about Oz. Like she would have been the one that like somehow Dawn knows just she was babysat one time when they talked about Oz being a werewolf. She mm. would have told Joyce that Oz is a werewolf and she would have also done the Cordelia thing with, he also might've ate someone, <laughs> but it would have made her crush on him bigger because then he's more of a bad boy. Oh, sure. I love that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. See? Thank you, thank you. Uh, what grade do we give this episode? Uh, Kristen? C minus. Okay, see, that's not as, I thought you were gonna go lower. I No, I, because at the end of the day, it's still an episode of Buffy and there, yeah. there is a lot of good stuff in it. It's just- it doesn't relate to the main story, but it does have really fun faith moments before we're really entangled in the evilness yeah. of it all. And and it's good Oz stuff too. One of the things we didn't mention is that um, when Willow is trying to distract him, she ends up ending her sentence where it sounds like she's calling him a cold blooded jelly donut. <laughs> and then later in the episode when he comes back in and he says one cold blooded jelly donut reporting for like cage duty or whatever. So it's good. weird. 
like the, the the Oz and Faith of this episode kind of help it float a little for me. Um, Trevor, uh, I'll say C plus for the okay. same same reasons as, as Kristen. I'm just a little more forgiving of some of the things. He's okay. he's always more optimistic than me. <laughs> Adam, I'd say a B. Um, I mean, I had a good time with this episode, and uh, and yeah, and I and I. You know, I just again, and and I I enjoy anything season three. I enjoy anything with yeah. this particular band of 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 characters all together. We got them so so infrequently. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, just the fact that they're all together. It's just better than truly anything that's a plus out there right now. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I I'm same with you, Adam. I give it a B. Um, for all the same reasons. Um. Well, thank you all for joining me. Adam, it's always nice when you can come back and co-host. I love I love that. It's like uh, very comforting. <laughs> I had a great time. Feel the same way. Thank you. Um, and Trevor and Kristen, it was so nice to have you back on. And I got to be with both of you this time. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, and uh, tell everyone where they can find y'all and your podcast. Uh, you can find us. We we just talk about our podcast on our individual Twitter slash X accounts. I'm at Trevor Carley. And... Kristen. Uh, yeah, and I'm at FiddleDD85, and um, if anyone wants to hear me talk about stuff other than Buffy, I have mm-hmm. a YouTube channel with my best friends um, called So I'm Watching This Show, and you can find that at that handle or an iteration of it anywhere. Oh, wait, you just followed Slayerfest, didn't you? I did, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. I, was I didn't like... realize we weren't, and I'm not really using Twitter very much anymore, mm-hmm. so Understandable. it's mostly like Instagram. Mm-hmm. But Why? Yeah. Yeah, why, why would you stop? I mean, I can get it, but I feel like we'll be here another hour. Um, well, uh, oh, and Adam, I guess uh, plug. I mean, everyone knows. I feel like at this point where they can find me and Adam, but Adam, plug uh-huh. uh, whatever you would like to plug. Yeah, you can find me on all my socials at the Adam Sass S A S S like sassy. And you can uh, buy uh, all three of uh, Mm -hmm. my young adult books that are out uh, wherever you buy your books right now. But my newest and probably my most uh, germane to people who are fans of Buffy would be my uh, latest Your Lonely Nights Are Over, which is a queer YA slasher thriller uh, that is Scream Meets Clueless about uh, two gay best friends who have to unmask a killer targeting their school's queer club because they are being blamed and targeted. You know, Adam, I just did an Instagram live on Friday and I very much talked about your book a lot. I was like talking about Ooh. how great it is and how like I, cause I'm always like interested in like, especially queer best friends. Like I'm always interested in that. Cause it's like, you know, either like romance or they're like the side friend. And I love yeah. that. It's, oh, not I, I love that. That's, I mean, that's why I wrote it because I think like, I think, um, you know, like a lot of queer, um, stories and especially young adult stories, you know, very heart stoppery. And my last one is, is, um, is a romance. It's a rom-com, but Mm -hmm. um, I was like, I was like, gosh, so much of the queer experience is, you know, a lot more queer people will have a much stronger relationship with their, their closest queer friend um, maybe than any, um, you know, partner, uh, romantic partner. So um, I wanted to kind of celebrate that as well. We don't really get enough uh, best friend stories. And uh, this is really a celebration of that sort of very specific intimacy that you can get between uh, two gay best friends and uh, how you can rely on each other, especially when you are being hunted by a killer. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to really rely yeah. on each other. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they are really, um, they are really silver tongued. And uh, that's why there's a clueless comp because they are 
uh, pretty and popular and funny, and everybody is just jealous of them. And, um, they're being they're being they're being blamed because everyone's jealous, and so they're very annoyed <laughs> that they have to solve this crime because everyone <laughs> just can't get over themselves long enough. So um, it's a, it's a dark comedy. It's great. It's um, I had just so much damn fun writing it. So I, yeah, um, and I feel like I can tell. And if you want to listen to this full recording and the rest of the hour-plus-long episodes for our Buffy Season 3 25th anniversary coverage, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash slayerfest98 and subscribe. Subscriptions start as low as $1 a month with the Scoobies tier, which gets you access to our private Facebook group and Discord channel. Our Coven tier, which is $2 a month, gets you access to one to two new audio episodes a month. And our $5 a month royalty tier gets you access to all our bonus episodes. Check out all the rest of the tiers for more info on what you can get every month. Any and all support is very much appreciated and keeps this queer, nerdy podcast going. Thank you so much. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.